0: Well, welcome, everyone, to another Cyber Redeveloped podcast. I'm uh, glad you could join us on this Friday. We are going to be talking about uh, something more practical today. So diving into, you know, if you're a CISO out there, if you're a cybersecurity leader, uh, we're going to talk about some of the skills that you might take advantage of or develop or, or whatnot. So as always, uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, we love having you here, and we'd love for you to help us grow the show. So please share with people that you know, uh, comment, repost, all those kinds of things that that help us spread the word. And then also, again, if there's something that we do or or that we say that's false or outright or whatever you have an opinion on, love to hear that too. So feel free to comment. But I think that's about it. So uh, let's get uh, into the show. And this will probably be a pretty short podcast uh, compared to some of the ones that we do. So today's topic is the five critical skills that a ciso needs. And we thought that, you know, from from time to time we 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 talk about sort of more practical, pragmatic kind of things relating to cybersecurity. And we know that a bunch of you out there are leaders in security whether or not your title is ciso. So, one of the things we have the, you know, benefit of doing is we work with a lot of different organizations and we talk to a lot of CISOs, a lot of security leaders, and other leaders for that matter. And so we get you know, cross-industry, cost-company, these perspectives. And over time, we synthesize, if you will, sort of gather together knowledge and experience and whatnot from those that we can package, process, if you will, and and then turn around and share with you. And that's essentially what we have today. So we're going to talk about these five skills, um, and I'm going to list them out first and then sort of talk to them and how they apply afterwards. I don't know if I would say that this is like a rank order. It probably really isn't. So don't necessarily think of it uh, as a rank order, but visioning and planning is one of those skills. So five skills, one is visioning planning, and I'll get into it in more detail, but it's the ability to see far out. So if you're kind of you know reactionary and flying by the seat of your pants always, and you can't really mentally visualize what your organization is going to look like in a year or two, maybe five years out, then you're going to struggle to lead your organization. And we'll, we'll address that side as well. So that's that. Leadership, being a leader, that's another important skill because typically as the lead for a cybersecurity department or organization or whatever, you're not alone. If you are, then, then you're going to be leading yourself anyway. And leadership isn't necessarily limited to the people that report to you directly. It's you know, engaging other people and getting them to get behind what you're doing. So that's uh, a piece of it there. Communication, being able to talk, write, share your thoughts, get messages across, super, super important. And today you got, you know, my best friend, ChatGPT out there to help you, but you still have to kind of come with ideas. We'll talk about that too. Relationships, you have to know how to build and maintain good relationships because you're not, you know, you're not able to do this stuff alone. And you can, you know, force multiply your capabilities really through relationships. And then selling, selling kind of applies to everything I've just talked about. The ability to sell something. Now, I want you to open your mind a little bit and think of this, not in terms of I'm going to go out and sell, you know, a used car or widget or a security product. That's not what it's about. It's about selling to people, uh, selling concepts, selling ideas, maybe a budget, maybe even that vision that I just started talking about, like the ability to communicate in a persuasive way the end goal that you want and then maybe the means that you're seeking to to achieve that. That's selling. Uh, and with with the selling part, we'll talk about kind of the writing part of selling as well. So you could kind of the straddles in a sense the communications piece and the selling piece. So so those are the five skills that you either have, if you don't have them, you need to go and get them. And we'll talk about that as well. So let's start visioning my favorite. This is something that comes really easy to me. But it isn't necessarily something that comes easy to everyone. And this is something that you can, can develop. So visioning is be really thinking forward, not thinking about you know, what's happening today, but really thinking about what that company or organization is going to look like in a few years. And, and it doesn't. It, there's no specific timeline. There's many different ways to do this. But as an example, we use a framework here for our business uh, called the uh, Traction. And in it, we have a 10-year vision. So we have a concept of what we're going to look like at 10 years, but it's not a detailed concept. It's just kind of, you know, hey, we want to be 50 million and, uh, you know, 500 people and, and things of that nature. That, that goes into that, what we call a 10-year picture. And it's pretty simple. And it's called a 10-year picture because it's something that you kind of have to imagine. The way I think of this is I usually think in mountains for whatever reason, I've done a fair amount of sort of long hiking and and things of that nature to mountains. And so it's easy for me to sort of bring that as a concept, but this could also be, you know, sailing across the Atlantic or uh, tackling the three day bike ride. I think it is in the Arizona desert, you know, any one of these things where it's not something you're just going to go do, you have to think through it, you have to prepare and plan for it. So I'm going to use the mountain as an analogy, if you want to climb Mount Everest, forget all the problems with that. We could we could say we could say Denali to make a simpler concept. You're gonna to need to do certain things to do that. You're not gonna be able to just, you know, get on a plane and go there and do that tomorrow. The plan itself, the actual, you know, summoning that mountain is going to take some some planning, breaking that down into parts. You're gonna to have to think about the equipment that you need. You're gonna probably have to think about, you know, who do you need on your team to actually achieve that? It's not. You know, there are solo opportunities as well, but even there you have teams. And then what are the resources you're going to need to achieve it? And then what's your timeline, both for the climb and the preparation and everything like that. And then also what's your training? And then there's nutrition. So many components to climbing uh, Denali or what used to be called Mount McKinley. We're not going to go into climbing that. That's for a different podcast, but that's at least the concept. So if you can see yourself on the top of that mountain, standing there, you know, if it's Everest, you've got an oxygen uh, mask on and and you probably have seen the pictures of someone standing on the top of a mountain looking down, you know, you're maybe seeing other people up there. There are clouds, a bunch of things like that. You've got your, you know, down, puffy parka thing on, you know, whatever it is. And you have excitement on your face. I mean, think about just standing on the top of either of those mountains. I know I would be pretty excited having achieved that and and the reason we talk about picture is if you can visualize that it's much easier for your mind to then say okay this is something i want so so that's visioning visioning isn't just seeing that picture either it's then kind of taking that down and saying okay from that vision and i think i call it visioning and planning it's then saying how do i break that down into its parts kind of like i did with climbing the mountain you know i need to train i need food i need resources i need my team so that's the other part of visioning is being able to say to get to that, I need to break that down. And now let's shift gears to a cybersecurity program, if you will, uh, and say that, you know, you're, you just started this job. You're now the new CISO of some company. And uh, maybe you've been there a week or two. So you're done with your HR training. You got your computer. Uh, unless it takes longer and whatever. You're, you're there. And now you've got to figure out what are you going to be doing? And that's that visioning. Where do you want to be? Who do you want to be? in the next you know, two, maybe four years. For, for a CISO, I typically, for whatever reason, I, I don't know if I can explain this, but I think in four-year terms. Like if I came in and this is what I did last time I was a CISO, as I said, here's my four-year plan. In four years, this is what we're going to be. So I think about it as who do we want to be as an organization? Whatever the organization is today, we'll get back to that later, that's, that's who they were. But who do you want this to be? And I tend to think that there's an industry component there. So if you're finance. This is going to be a struggle, but almost any other industry, but even in finance, I'd say you want to be the thought leader. You want to be the example of cybersecurity for that industry, through your organization. So that's one thing. There might be other things that you have to tackle. So let's say that you have a lot of legacy technology and, and the company's moved into the cloud. You know, one of those things I'd probably put on that vision, but or maybe going down a little bit into the details is how do I get rid of that legacy stuff and move into the cloud? And then I got to break that down further and say, okay, in the legacy world, I've got all these tools that I use to understand what's going on and manage it and so on and so forth. Or maybe you don't even have those tools. So that's part of what you need to think about. Um, And in the cloud, it's going to be different. And what I don't want to end up with is having tools that have to be spread across both environments or multiple cloud environments to make it even worse. So these are things that I'm going to process and think about that have to go into my vision. So if I I know what it's going to look like when I'm there and be the thought leader, we're gonna be, we're gonna know what threats are out there. We, we're gonna know what weaknesses we have. We're gonna know that we have multiple things protecting those weaknesses, and uh, and we can work with people on, you know, all over the world. Whatever that vision is, then I'm gonna break it down and say which which things do I need to tackle. So maybe the legacy environment, maybe you tackle that first, or maybe it's a long process. So I now have to plan that out. This is gonna take me two years to get out of that legacy environment because I don't control everything. I gotta work with IT for that. And then there's a bunch of other stuff. Regulations. If you're in retail, if you're working with the government, if you're in healthcare, that's going to drive some of that. So maybe you're terrible today, then part of your two or three year or even four year plan is, hey, we're going to be compliant and it's going to be easy to be compliant. We're not going to be focused on compliance. Maybe we have to do that this year because we got auditors breathing down our necks. But the vision is not to be a compliance driven organization. It's going to be We're forward thinking, we're aggressive, we're out there, we're leveraging resources and partnerships to to build this thing. And then compliance is sort of, that comes with that, right? Anyway, so that's that. So now if you don't have the ability to do these things, you can do some exercises. So for example, you could lay out a simple camping trip and say, how do I break that camping trip down into what I need to do to prepare and lay it out? Things like figuring out when we're gonna do it and so on and so forth. And then start applying that on the security side. Go listen to podcasts, uh, Google and research, you know, uh, visioning examples. And then there are lots of tools that help you define and build a strategy. This is something that we do for a lot of our clients, is help them define and build a strategy. And then what we call strategy articulation is taking that strategy, bringing it down one level to, the initiatives that then have to happen and and the, the projects and so on and so forth. But there's lots of stuff out there. So if you do some Googling, you will find that. All right. So that's visioning. The other thing is leadership. So leadership is a critical skill to have. And and it's not, it's so think about it, it's it's leading and it's leadership. The ability to to take that vision kind of like I just shared with you and pass it along to other people. So be able to break it down and share it with someone, explain it, maybe not exactly how I did, but something along those lines, but the ability to sort of say, hey, this is where we're going. And then uh, other things is, I mean, you have to be able to lead. So think from, you know, leading, um, there's leading from the front, leading from the back, all these kinds of expressions you have, many of which probably kind of originate from sort of military type situations where some of the, the, the generals, like if you look at the, uh, the, the Civil War, um, most of the, the generals and, and other sort of high-ranking uh, leaders were on the ground. And, and actually, in the beginning of the Civil War, many of them you know, who had been friends who had gone to West Point together, you know, they, they got killed pretty early because they tend to, tended to stand right at the front of the ranks. But anyway, that kind of being among the people that you're trying to lead is important. Um, you have to be able to influence people, meaning you kind of bend their mind to see things your way. And that almost sounds a little bad. Uh, that's not the point. It's it's being able to convince people that this is the right direction and work through things like challenges and and people maybe not agreeing with you. And, of course, you can use authority or power, meaning this is my way and I'm right and I'm the boss and so on and so forth. But that's not very good. You're winning hearts and minds here. So anyway. Um, so inspiring people, inspiring them to take action is maybe another way to put it. So inspire people to take action. Um, you know, if you just inspire them to stare out the window, and maybe we haven't achieved what we want. Um, selling them again, this is where the selling concept kind of comes in. But as a leader, the other thing you need to do is hold people accountable. Hey, we agreed to do this. You know, um, how come this isn't working? And uh, and if you are in a situation where you as a leader are struggling with performance and accountability then um, there's a great framework out there that uh, uh, my buddy Alex Ormozi came up with and, and probably you got it from somewhere else, but I use it all the time. It's sort of a triangular management framework. And that is, you know, one, at the top of the triangle, expectation, did I set clear expectations? So you can talk to the person and say, did we have clear expectations? The other part of the triangle is, do you have the training and the knowledge to do the job or the task I asked? And the last part is motivation. You know, am I paying you enough? You have a lot of stuff going on. You know, is there something going on at home? But you can use this to basically uh, work and, and hold people accountable. Thanks, Alex. And then let's see what else. I think that's about it. So so again, uh, and, and actually one more thing on the accountability piece, you have to be accountable as well. So if you're always not following the rules, not doing the things and whatnot, it's really hard to be a leader that way because people are not going to be inspired by someone that isn't willing to do what what they're asking you to do. So you need to be able to do those things. I just had dinner with a buddy of mine, actually from Colorado, uh, here on the beach yesterday, and we talked about his boss, who is kind of that sort of in the trenches guy. Easter Sunday, they had a big issue. He's in. A, he's in IT, and and this guy's in there in the meeting, like he's not necessarily contributing because he's not technical, but he's like, if you guys are, you know, Easter Sunday working on this problem that we have, I'm going to be there too. Like this is not. Oh yeah, sorry, I'm. Undo my cocktail dinner and you guys go fix this. Like he's there in the trenches. So that's that's a show of leadership. Now, what do you do to build a skill? Well, you read books. There are lots of bills uh, books on leadership. Um, go out there, do some searching and whatnot. It probably doesn't really matter too much which one you pick up. Just pick one that's got some good reviews. So listen to podcasts. Lots of podcasts uh, cover leadership. Almost any podcast about sort of entrepreneurship or whatnot will cover leadership. So you could even just look for some episodes on that. Um, another another skill that um, is pretty uh, worthwhile is is to find someone that you think is a good leader and you watch them and you look at what they do and then you can start mimicking what they do, whether that's how they talk to people, how they uh, what what things they focus on, um, how they structure their day, whatever it is. I mean we can we can look to let's say sports people, uh, LeBron James or, uh, you know, football, uh, people, you know, maybe you don't like Brady or whatnot, but, you know, pick one and go and say, what are the kinds of things that they do? The rock, you know, uh, if you know anything about the rock, like he's a, he's a really cool guy and he's very, he very connects with people quite deeply. And and clearly he is uh, a leader in many ways. And, and the things that he kind of, you know, the things that he does, uh, LeBron James, obviously another guy who, who does a lot of things. So you pick yours. Um, But it could be from, you know, different branches It could even be in your own company. And then there's also coaching. You can hire coaches. So depending on the organization, you might get money, uh, training money, Uh, you know, maybe don't go to just seminars, but say, hey, I want to hire a coach. Um, I worked in several companies that had leadership training as part of their uh, learning management system or curriculum that was available to them. So it's worthwhile looking at the resources that are in your organization, like reach out to HR and say, hey, I'm in this role now. What resources do you have that can can improve me? So anyway, so that's leadership. Uh, The next on our list is communication. Communication is critical if you're going to uh, have success building and growing and and improving your organization, because so much of what you do, everything we talked about so far, you have to communicate. You have to be able to articulate that vision. Uh, You have to be able to share with someone uh, something that you know is is necessary uh, for them to understand. For example, details and whatnot. So, uh, being able to communicate is, is critical. And and communication is both speaking, uh, it's writing, it's maybe even uh, engaging in let's say social media and other things. Like if you're allowed to, you might not be allowed to in an organization, but if you are, then doing that or or writing, you know, kind of all hands type uh, emails about what you do. Uh, let's just pick on training for a minute. Uh, if you have a, a awareness, you know a, a security training and awareness program, you probably need to communicate that to everyone in the company, every, you know all the constituents or stakeholders. And you know how do you do that? Well, you've got to write something down. You have to write something compelling. you have to maybe explain why you're doing it. Like most people always want to know what's in it for me. and and maybe that's part of what you can can use when you communicate with people. But, Uh, important things are communicating clearly, using grammar and language correctly. Gina, who's with me here in the background, she knows that all too well. Um, Some of us have a knack for it. Like we just kind of love that stuff and punctuation. And she and I will argue about italics and use (laughs) italics, for example. Um, (laughs) You know, here's one that we go through and it's like, do you put a period on the end of a bullet in a presentation or not? Uh, but you know, the, the nuts that we are, as we go and Google that and, and argue about it, you know, with, with a ton of like, well, here's all my stuff on my pile that says that we should do it.
1: The answer for that is if it, if it completes a sentence, it gets a period.
0: Well, there you go. That's not an answer. I think that's an opinion as well.
1: The most important thing is that you keep it consistent. If you do a period in one, you got to do them in all.
0: That is the most important. I think you actually hit it on the nail. Um, I think when you, here's the thing. Uh, a presentation and the bullets are not the same as like a report where punctuation and, and kind of using, you know, the, the MLA standard for, for what's MLA stand for again? Is it MLA? MLA? I don't no, know. What's, what's the, what's the writing standard in the USA, U.S.
1: Um, well, there are a few um, AP style book is a big one.
0: That's associated press. Though, right?
1: Well, AP style book though is sort of the the bible of grammar.
0: Yeah. So it doesn't matter. So when when I was in school, I just remember, I think it was MLA, but I might be confusing with real estate because isn't that also MLA or is that MLS? Anyway.
1: It's MLS.
0: MLS. Okay. So I thought there was something like that, but there's a style guide out there that you can use and when you're writing a report, that's important. When you're talking or when you're writing or when you're developing a presentation or let's use news and media, right? News and media do not follow those same standards as you would if you're writing prose or a book or, or an essay, right? You're going to, you're going to use news bites and things like that. And, and presentations to me at least fall somewhere in between. So, so that's how we can get back and forth. Anyway, this is a big digression from being a bit nerdy about this stuff to maybe you're not like, this is not your strength. So then, You need to go out and look at those kinds of things. Um, Same thing there. You can find someone that you can emulate. Uh, If you see communications coming to you, then, you know, uh, maybe you can say, hey, how do I take this message? And I just, you know, change it for my purposes. You can change the subject and timing and other things like that. I do this a lot myself. So I write a marketing copy, if you will. And if I see a good marketing ad, I'll often take it and I'll just hack it. You know, hey, I'm in security. We hack stuff. So why not hack uh, everything, pretty much? That's what we do. Anyway, but you 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 emulate and you mimic stuff. And then my absolute favorite lately is ChatGPT. So uh, as you'll notice in anything that we have going on, probably for the next six months, but it could be 12, could be 18, you shall hear AI somewhere in our podcast. Even if it's not about AI, we'll bring it in. And here's how I'm bringing in. ChatGPT, just say, hey, I need... You know, a two, three sentence statement that explains why it's important that we all document everything that we do consistently. Boom. Uh, If I were to do it right now and I don't have it up, I should do that next time. Uh, In about five seconds, I would have that. I'm going to tell you a funny story. This morning, I'm talking to my pals. A guy was here, another guy back in Colorado, about this business idea I had. And I'm just like going back and forth and saying, Hey, wouldn't it be cool if we did this thing? And then I go, Wait a second, you know, I'm gonna go write us a business plan, and I go to ChatGPT and I go, ChatGPT, write out a business plan for you know this was a purpose, and I hit enter, and in about you know I don't know 15 seconds, I had a business plan, so I copy and paste it and dropped it back in the text, and you know I kind of get one of these things, and then just ChatGPT, but yes, it works, it's that good. So for communications, if you're not naturally good at it, or even if you kind of want someone looking over your shoulders, use these tools. There's another tool that we uh, have also used out there to kind of improve our copy, improve how we say things, um, and that's the uh, Hemingway editor. Now, Hemingway doesn't write the stuff for you, but you can drop your text into the Hemingway editor, and you can do it online, or you can get a download, and it will point out just problems in your communication. So use these tools as you get better. Um, find things to read, and then, again, look at things that you can uh, you know emulate um, but a lot of what comes in both the speaking and, and communication piece is kind of going back to the, the, the content, if you will, becoming captivating and so on and so forth. So be cautious about writing things down to kind of be accurate and, 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 you know, comprehensive and think about, you know, who's receiving whatever it is that you're communicating. Think about the audience. And that's one of those pieces, I think, that comes in, in very handy in that CISO role sort of bring it back to why we're here anyway, in the CISO role, you're going to be talking to people that really understand security, people on your team. You're going to be talking to people that know technology, but aren't necessarily security experts. And so just between those two stakeholders or those two different groups, you're going to have to modulate you know, how you say things. So you're not going to be using a lot of security jargon in IT, but you can still leverage sort of that technology uh, jargon and, and, and reference things in their terms but now let's shift and say that you're reporting to a steering committee on risk. A lot of that jargon now, you got to figure out how to communicate that in business terms. Um, so a, a big thing is going to be thinking about who is your audience, who is receiving this. And then I think you also need to think about what are you trying to do with this communication? Like, are you just trying to spew stuff and get it out? Uh, is it CYA? I want to get this off my plate, you know, put the monkey on someone else's back or am I trying to influence and persuade someone? and if you are then it's going to be really important that you're choosing and and, and spending time, you know, with that copy, um, the text itself and and writing well. And so use the tools you can. Find someone that's good at it too and maybe have them look over things. In my company, we spend a lot of times kind of like, "Hey, I'm sending this to a client for this side of the other, you know, can you look at it?" And we get a second pair of eyes on it because sometimes when you're writing stuff or preparing stuff, you get so immersed in it, you you don't see mistakes, but you might not feel or see kind of the flow or the messaging or whatever that's coming across. Another aspect of communication is storytelling. People, humans have been listening to each other, you know, speak and tell stories, uh, you know, since, since the birth, well, at least of the fire, but I think the birth of mankind, but just imagine you're in a cave, you know, sitting around the fire and, you know, someone's talking about, you know, hunting or, this bear they got attacked by, or whatever it is around that fire, that's storytelling, and this is what we're wired to do and and to listen to. So the more that you can tell what it is, the message that you're trying to convey in in a story, uh, the more people are are you know just naturally able to listen uh, and hear that. You know, it's interesting, Gene. I don't know. Did you did you uh, hear the the webcast, the webinar yesterday, the uh, the boss webinar? Yes. So. I didn't write all these things down. I was like multitasking, which is terrible, but I was, but I was listening and it's like, it's shit that I love. So we, we watched a webinar called the boss webinar, and it was about flow states or kind of the way your mind works. And there were some really cool points in there that I think we might have to write about how we can apply it in cybersecurity that we want to um, maybe go back and revisit, but it applies here as well. And it's, you know, kind of the storytelling was one example, but understanding how the mind works how it listens, how it behaves and trigger words and so on and so forth uh, is really important. And the more you learn those things and it becomes part of your tool set, the more adept, the more successful you will be in your communication, which probably at the end of the day is to convey something or ask for something or, or persuade people, right? So get good at this stuff. We can call it sales copy as well. If you're writing something to sell someone, it has to be really good or they're going to be you know, one sentence in and, and probably just be you know, tune out and go Uh, back to the podcast, Gina, there were a couple of things that, you know, he mentioned that kind of have these triggers in our brain. So the the two I remember was try, if you say, can you try to do this? Um, How do, do you remember how he put it? Like,
1: I don't remember how he put it. But it yeah, it kind of sets it up in a negative.
0: Yes. So it has a negative connotation. I can't remember exactly what how he explained it. But, you know, if you say, can you try to do this? There's a good chance they won't attempt it or or nothing will happen. And I think it's because it's too open ended or or sort of it's it, it's expected to fail almost.
1: Yeah. I never thought about it until he was talking about that
0: too. Neither did I.
1: There is a negative connotation that assumes failure.
0: Yeah. And so he's like, instead of saying that, just say, go do this. So be more direct. And the other thing is you might tell your kids, like if you have kids or or other people say, don't do this thing. And with kids, that's terrible. <laughs> uh, it, it basically kind of makes them go do those things. Don't stick your hand out the window when we're driving down the highway. Watch what happens. I remember this is a lesson like it's burned in my mind. I was in temp at the time. I was um, doing uh, Taekwondo. So I've been doing martial arts for much of my life. And uh, we had a mixed uh, adults and, and kids class. And I think we were doing forms or we're doing something. So everyone was kind of standing, you know, maybe we're doing belt. We might've been doing like a belt ceremony. So the instructor, you know, we got kids at the front and then, you know, I'm tall. So I'm all the way at the back as an adult. And I was this higher level belt. Anyway, we're back there. And the the person sort of leading the ceremony said, don't move your hand to the kids. (laughs) What do you think happened? Every single, (laughs) every single finger and hand, you know, just started doing this. Like the mind is right there. and Of course, now they can't keep them still. Boom. So that's the way the mind works. And learning some of these things, you know, learning about kind of how your, your mind is in a flow state and all these other things will help you in your speaking communication. So, So we are all of three ways in. And I thought this was going to be short. All right. Last two, relationships and selling. So relationships, this is critical. You can't do this job on your own. Uh, So that's one thing you need help, you need support. So you have relationships at all different levels that you really need to lean into. So I'll throw out a few. One, you need to have relationships with other people in your own company, in your organization, because these are people that may or may not be forced to do what you want them to do, or you might not even be invited to what they do. So if you don't have a relationship, you might not know what's happening over on that e-commerce side because they're using another platform. It's not in the data center. Like you might not have the hooks into it. And they sort of live in a completely different world over there anyway, or whatever it is. It might be manufacturing, it might be healthcare, and you're dealing with these groups outside of your immediate influence and control, and you work through those with relationships. Years ago, I worked with Disney, the Walt Disney Corporation, so TWDC, and we. Uh, and this was based in Glendale. And underneath the Disney Corporation, you've got ABC, ESPN, Parks and Resorts, uh, there was uh, you know, kind of the digital media group and a bunch of different things. And we were working on policy t- stuff with a, C- a CISO there. She's no longer there. But one of the challenges we had is we didn't, we couldn't tell ABC or ESPN exactly what to do. So we had to influence them. And this is, this is all about this, right? So again, it'd be great if we could say, thou shalt do this and can't do that. But we didn't have that power. The Walt Disney Corporation is kind of a, think of it as a holding company. And so instead- we need to build relationships and and say, hey, how can we help you? Here's some things we'd like to do. This is good for the company. Here's why. You know, we'd like you to kind of you know use these things or whatnot. Or if you have something great, you know, bring it to us. And and that's really important in your own organization. You want to understand also, kind of get the pulse of the business. Like, what's the business trying to do? Getting back to the vision, the strategy piece. If you want to. Set cybersecurity in motion in the right direction. You got to know what the business is doing. You got to know what HR is doing, what they have coming down the pike in terms of maybe learning and training and requirements, legal, same thing. But probably your you know outward phasing or the core of your business. If you don't know what they're doing, then you know you might miss the mark. And so, how do you do that? Well, it's by developing relationships, other relationships with vendors. Vendors are your friends. You can leverage them for research and information. There's so many products and things out there. There's just no way that you can keep tabs on all of it. So you want to find that company out there that can partner with you and can sort of filter that down and tell you what's the important stuff you need to know. If you don't build that relationship, if you don't kind of own that relationship, they're going to tell you what they think you should know, but also what serves them the best. But if you have a relationship, you can lean on that and you can say, hey, I really need that. And you know that just like with your buddy, They're going to go do this thing for you. They're going to do that because there's that personal connection. So that's what you want with the relationships. But uh, it's a way to understand risks, understand the company's motivation. It's a way to get money. If you don't have relationships, uh, with relationships, it's almost like it's your own insider trading system in your company. You go talk to a CFO, you know what's going on. You're like, right now, we're maybe in a recession. No, I don't know what we are. Maybe it's next year. But if you have good relationships with a CFO, you're gonna start understanding how your company or organization is thinking about this and maybe how you need to adjust. Or again, you can put in a word in for like, hey, I know we're in recession and we're trying to cut costs, but this would be really bad. So relationships are there to be uh, used as as a way to influence, understand and whatnot. How do you build the scale? Well, uh, influencers, it's a book out there that talks about that. Um, There are lots of books about relationships. Again, good old go-to podcasts. Uh, do some searching, and then maybe one of the biggest things, like like an underpinning of any relationship, is listening. You gotta listen. If you want to build a relationship with anyone, you gotta listen. Uh, maybe even your wife or your husband. You know, listen to them. Don't necessarily think about the next thing you're gonna say. You know, listen to them and and seek to understand. Try to try to really understand what it is they're trying to say, even if they're not communicating it super clearly. One of the techniques that if you ever do any couples counseling or anything like that, but it obviously isn't limited to that, is, first of all, the talking stick. Someone has to do the talking, and not everyone can talk at the same time, so don't interrupt. And um, once the person's kind of said, okay, I've said my piece, now you echo it back to them, in your words... And basically ask them to affirm that, yes, I understood, uh, or yes, you know, that was what I was communicating to you. So if you do this, listen, seek to understand, and then echo back, then you know that you've heard what the other person has to say. And through that, your the strength of that relationship really, you know, improves. And this is kind of another communications piece. You know, I don't know if you've noticed this at all, but, but these things tie together. Visioning, communications, relationships, leadership, they all tie together. Relationships is also a journey. So you have to think about relationships, not as, Hey, I'm going to go, you know, connect on LinkedIn and boom, now we're there. Um, we have a marketing firm and they, they put it really well. They, they said, you know, like with our clients, relationship with our clients, uh, you probably experience this if you're on LinkedIn today, where someone tries to connect to you and then immediately they launch into selling. And our marketing firm called this, you know, that's like asking to name your babies on the first date. You know, let's what are we going to name our children? Uh, I don't even know you, like I agreed to come have coffee, but yeah, I like right now I'm very turned off, right? So the same thing is true with any relationship you have. If you're trying to build a relationship with a CFO, ask them out for coffee, you know, meet them at the water cooler, find out what they're curious and interested about, do something for them. Like if they're like, man, you know, I get all these security agreements and I struggle with these things. Well, what if you wrote up a guide for a CFO to look at at agreements to say, are they protected? Are we secure? And all that kind of stuff. So you put that stuff in there. That's how you do that. All right. Um, let's see that, and then podcasts, books, whatever. I think I covered all of that. Last one is selling, and I think I've talked about that uh, all throughout here. But selling is is a key thing. Selling is probably uh, it, it's very much about influencing and so on and so forth. But you're going to be selling your ideas. If you have kids, they're always selling you on stuff more TV time, candy, toys, whatever, right? So look at your kids and what they're doing. It's negotiations, right? Um, You want something, they want something from you that you have and vice versa. That's typically what you're in situation as a CISO's. you want more money, you want more resources, uh, you want someone to listen to you. Um, You're wanting a lot of stuff. And to get that stuff, you have to sell. And so you use those communication skills, you leverage the relationships that you have you take that vision and leadership and and kind of bring it down, and you sell that to someone. You convince someone else that this is good for the business. This is good for them, even to your partners that I talked about in the relationship side. If you have vendors that you want to leverage, you know you need to sell them on giving you something. Maybe it's for free, but you know what do you what are you offering in turn? Well, you're offering insights into your business. For example, you're offering them an opportunity to bid on something. That's what you're selling at that point in time to get something. Selling is about trading value. And this is maybe a super important concept that selling isn't a one-way street where you go out there and say, I got this thing, buy it from me. You have to put yourself in the other person's shoes and say, what are they getting in return? What's in it for me? So someone in your business that is does not have the same reporting structure and uh, that you know might not be compelled or required to do what you say. So from a policy perspective, whatever, you have to go over there and kind of figure out how do I how do I make it worth their while. Training is an example of that. You have anyone that's high in your organization and that sees themselves as maybe above the law, maybe not above the law, but like oh you know I I don't have time for that stuff. I'm so busy and they pay me so much and I'm such an important person. So how do you sell them? How do you convince them that no sir ma'am? You also need to do this training. Here's why. So you need to go in there with something compelling. It might be that you're selling them risk mitigation, risk avoidance, cost avoidance, embarrassment, things of that nature. But you're trying to influence them. You're trying to sell them that you have to do this too. Even though maybe you don't have a lot of, like you're not dangling you know, drugs or candy out there for these people. You're trying to do something for the business. So anyway, that's selling. You're selling in reports. Hey, I need you to look at this report. Or the report itself is your selling tool. Look at all this cool information I put together, color graphs, whatever. That's also selling. So selling is a critical skill that you need uh, because you need people to buy what you have. Like most of the time, you do not have the power to just say thou shalt, or I need money and I get it. So you got to convince people, and that's your selling. So how do you do it? Well, there's there's no end to the number of books on selling. So look at some of those. One of the methods that we prefer. And that would work really for a CISO is the Sandler method. And the Sandler is all about trying to solve pain. So try to figure out what their pain is. And then you sell how you solve that pain. Um, Now, probably, you know, no one's coming to you with their pain. So you have to tell them what their pain is. Like their pain might be embarrassment. Their pain might be that they'll destroy the business that they work in, um, that they will be liable for something. That's a pain. So these are maybe future pains. and A lot of stuff we do in security is not about the now, but it's in the future. Um, if you're doing anything security right now, it's called instant response. And, and the pain is so apparent that that's a great time to get a lot of money and get a lot of stuff done. Uh, like really good selling strategies. Don't let a crisis go to waste. If you're in the middle of instant response, come talk to us, we'll help you get money. Um, but, but if you already know that, you know never let a crisis go to waste. And if you're in the middle of one of those things, line up all the stuff that you needed to do that they didn't listen to you before and boom, drop it on them and say, yeah, uh, to make all this pain go away, this embarrassment and everything like that, because you didn't listen to me for the last three years, here's what we need to do. And then sign the check. They are going to sign that check in that moment of time just to make the pain go away. But again, sometimes you need to bring the pain to them. So, hey, with that, I hope I was selling you on, these are some skills that you need. If you need any help with it, come talk to us. We'd love to talk about security. I don't know if you figured that out yet, but- (laughs) Um, and I think I had too much coffee today. I don't know. I'm like, blah, 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 blah. You need to slow this down. Gene. just like bring the, bring the speed down on this one.
1: Talking is a good skill to have when you're hosting a podcast, Stieg.
0: Gift for the gab. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, that's from, uh, that's from, oh brother, where art thou? Uh, yeah, that's, that's a great little line there, but anyway, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you so, so much for coming to listen to us today on this Friday. Uh, we've had, fun talking to you and hopefully you got some useful information out of this i'm sure if you do all of these things it's very useful so maybe you already had these things so hopefully it was entertaining thank you so much for listening please share please like comment spread the word out there there are people out there that need us see ya